welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. At what part is Austin just going to erect a cave for us to broadcast from? Because <laughs> it was dark. Now it's cold in here. Now it's cold and dark. Somebody, somebody throw me a bat or two and we're going to be... This is, this is why we're going to have to get battery-powered recording equipment so we can go sit over by the fireplace. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to migrate a little closer to the, to the heat sources. You'll notice I've even given up on my... I've been really good... I'm actually having coffee in the afternoon, mostly just because I need it to keep warm. Just for the warmth. I, I understand. Well, granted, try to quit that about July. That's a lot easier than, right. <laughs> than it is right now. But anyway, sorry. I hate to start the show complaining, but I had to say something. I, well, yeah. I mean, we even we had our, our fill or we had our choice of tables tonight. And we settled on this one, which is brighter than the others, but it's right here by two exterior walls, and I am just freezing. Oh, I had to put on my, my pullover, because it's, uh, it's almost it's never a, cold, but I am cold. It's the first time I've seen you record in long sleeves, I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah, usually I'm, I don't, but also the cave remark refers to the cigar you're going to smoke. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> I, I'm smoking something that I don't think you ever would have expected to see in my hand. And this is on recommendation from Austin Huff here at Crown Cigars. We were in the humidor just a moment ago, and I was looking for something a little new and different. And he said, well, I know you're not a Candela fan, but try this one. Uh, so here we go. It's the Cro-Magnum from Roma Craft. This is three weeks in a row we've had a Roma Craft on this show. Um, no, no, three out of the last four. And uh, so this is the Cro-Magnum blend. It's the same exact blend um, as the regular you know, the slobber knocker, the knuckle dragger, the, the Cro-Magnum blend, only apparently what happened back in 2013 is they had a, a, a run of Cro-Magnum EMFs, which is the size, and they had aesthetic issues. So they cut the wrapper off of them, rewrapped them with Candela, and it was a hit, so now they've re-released, it's become part of their regular release. So that's what I got. Well, there's two things about that cigar. The um, one, it's the only Candela I like. Um, yes, uh, uh, hold on, I have to pull the show over already. Well, you, I was going to be silent about it. I was, you got a new lighter. I did. Well, so here's the deal. Used to, my wife and I took my truck everywhere, and my kit stayed in my truck. Now I've noticed Clyde's been getting a bit of a workout. Right. Now that we got Clyde, her new vehicle, we end up taking it as many places as we end up taking my truck. So now I had to resurrect the old kit. You, you're double kitted. So now I have a kit for each vehicle at all. So I had to buy a new Calibri Julius. When I grow up, I want to be like Shane. Thank you. <laughs> I think everyone should. That, that's that's, that's some, <laughs> some real world problems that most people don't have. Uh, you, you, had to re, you had to resurrect the old kit. Well, when I got the new kit, I set it aside. I've set the old one aside just in case of just such an emergency. Hey, that may be turned up too loud. Trey will be conducting the rest of this podcast with only one eyebrow. <laughs> I didn't realize I had turned that lighter up that far. You know, <laughs> funny thing is, and I was just talking about this yesterday, is I know when it's time to trim my beard because I usually get singed trying to relight a cigar. And I'm just about to that point where you, if you'll ever, you'll notice I've got some singe right over here where I went to relight a cigar yesterday. 
It's, that tells me it's time to clean it up. It's time to trim it up. And I'm, uh, this lighter could get me there even faster. Well, you, you could turn it down some. You don't have to keep it at the setting that it, which it was handed to you. I believe etiquette dictates you're allowed to adjust the flame to a comfortable level. I was just, it was just nice being able to see for a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, we were, we were harassing. At what point are you going to erect a cave over here? Because now it's dark and cold. Could you throw a few bats in? Anything you could do to make it a, <laughs> a little, little drip, more... Dripping water right on the top yeah, of the table would be perfect. Yeah, perhaps a stalactite. Look lovely right here in the middle of the it's table. like right here, too, that's like a little cold. It's hot in the, in the summer and cold over here in the winter, so... It's because I don't have any heat or AC. <laughs> okay, we're back to the podcast. Sorry, we had to take a, we had to take a minute to harass Austin. He provides us the hall, but we still get to harass him. That's right. So what I'm smoking tonight. Oh, yeah. I'm smoking something really unique. Very, um, very rarely in my travels does something really unique. So I won this in poker, not this week when I won, but last week when I won. I won this in poker. You're, you're just very subtle about that. I like it. I try. This is are, a, are you sure it wasn't four weeks ago when you won? No, I didn't win four weeks ago, but I am on three weeks in oh, a row. Oh, three weeks in a row. Okay. And I will, I will get to that after I light my cigar. I've got to get my cigar lit or else it's never going to happen. All right. And I'll, you and I will be finishing up the podcast and they'll be hearing me try to strike the lighter on my cigar. Um, this is an LFD Suave. Have you ever had an LFD Suave? I have, but it's been, it's been a while. LFD Suave Cigars is the very first blend La Flora Dominica produced, and it used to be called the LFD Light. Mm-hmm. Um, new player sat down at the poker table, and he pulled one of these out and laid it in the pot. And I was He terrible. might as well have just unzipped and just right on the table oh, yeah, at that yeah. point. Might as well have just <laughs> laid it out there. You know, cause I, so I said, oh, I guess I got to play serious tonight and try to win this cigar. So I ended up winning and got this cigar, and I'm excited to smoke it tonight. It is Dominican filler and binder in a Connecticut shade wrapper. I'm interested. This is either going to be very good or very bad. It's very good. Like I said, so I've, I've talked on the show before about one of my favorite cigar shops I've ever been to in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Because you walked in, their humidor was the size of this part of the shop that we sit in. All the way back to the humidor wall up to the front front of the, the building. Did it have heat and light? It, it did, and, and humidification. So, but it was an older shop, and it, or at least it had been around for a while, to the point that when I was walking through the, the library-like aisles, I was seeing cigars that I had not seen, cigars that had been out of production for five years at that time. The original Camacho Corojo, um, the, uh, the original um, La Flor Dominicana single Lajero with the flower label. And I, this was six years ago, this five years ago, something like that. It's been a while. But some real gems in this humidor and still with their original price labels on them too. It was fantastic. I got one of those cigars in there from that place. So it's been a while since I've had one, but man, it was amazing. It's, it's a little lighter than you're used to, it, but it's so smooth and there's a lot of flavor at play. On the first draw, I've never been able to say this about a cigar, but it's tangy. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, and, and Tangy Which is Which I my, was expecting to say about this one, actually. <laughs> now, that one's actually, for me, that one always comes off a little creamy starting with. This is a little creamy. You know, I've got to say, I, I'm not a Candela fan. I've always said that they taste like the dirt that they're grown in. I'm, I'm actually, I don't know that it would become an everyday smoke for me, but so far, I'm, you know, an eighth of an inch into this thing, and it's, it's pretty good. Well... Roma Craft, such a good cigar yeah, company. I, I, I knew I, I couldn't go wrong with them. Yeah, it's hard to do that. But I, I do also have to stop and acknowledge that's this is the first time you've ever smoked that cigar, right? I was going to bring that up, actually. Yes. So and the only way to get you to do that is to sneak up behind you, hit you with a blackjack, and when you wake up, you're in front of a microphone with a cigar in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> is that really my only technique? <laughs> no, just just... Get, work in collaboration with Austin over there. I, you know, the thing is, is I came in today without any idea for what I wanted to smoke. You know, I, typically when we sit down to record, I know on my way down here, oh, I can't wait to get my hands on X, or I'm really excited to smoke Y. You know, but this week I didn't, there aren't really any new releases that I'm excited about. Austin got some new Fuente stuff in, but that's, I, I don't really feel like spending that kind of money on on a cigar right now. Plus, it, I, it's not really kind of in my wheelhouse. So I was like, okay, let's just let's dive into the cave-like inky shadows of the humidor and find something I've never smoked before. And so, um, yeah, so here I am. So it, it's and it's not the first time on the show that I have had. A, I, I'm taking this personally, Shane. So <laughs> this is there have been plenty of cigars smoked by me on this show for the first time. So I, I, I reject your premise. But my premise is a cigar you love that you wait to share with the listeners. A cigar that you know you How can you'll you know love. you're going to love it before you... Um, there's pretty safe bets. And we can talk... Let's, let's talk about this because there's pretty safe bets. The new Romeo and Juliet of Nicaragua. Yeah. That's not a cigar I've had yet at all. I have They're a, doing a new one? Yeah, they've got a new one. Orange label. Okay. Because there's the Romeo 505 Nicaraguan. Oh, this is the Romeo Juliet? Yeah. This is the Romeo Juliet. I have heard of this one. Yeah. And um, seen them all over the place online, but I have not seen any live in person to pick up and actually smoke. But I would bet there's a 90% chance with that recipe that that's a cigar I'm going to like. Although I've got to say, I went back and I smoked a, uh, a 505 Romeo 505 Nicaragua recently. Mm-hmm. It was not as good as I remembered. Well, so, yeah. I remember when that cigar first came out, I ranted and raved about how good it was, and I couldn't get enough of it. And I went and smoked one the other day, and I was like, eh, it's it's okay. Well, the good thing, you know, this Romeo and Julieta 1875 Nicaragua Magnum happens to be what I have pulled up for it. Um, It has, it's a Nicaraguan Puro, but that's the lightest wrapper I've ever seen on a Nicaraguan Puro. It is. That is that is a very, very light wrapper. Which reflects to me that they've done some work. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that cigar. But, you know, um, there's all kinds of, of topics we can get into right here. But before we go on to the next one, we'll finish this one. I think I could guess pretty accurately cigars that would surprise me if I didn't like them. Yeah. I mean, I can look the at the recipe. Is, the thing is, I have such a hard time finding a cigar I'm not going to like, though. You know, I'm, and, and I feel like you and I, on the whole, are pretty much, like, we can find the positive in anything as long as it's not by that brand that starts with a G. We can pretty much find some redeeming quality over any cigar. 
Yeah, I mean, there. You know, most cigars we can find something we're going to like, something we're going to enjoy about them, and you know, very rarely will we give a review of a cigar that will say this is a bad cigar. Right. You know, and so I, I guess to your point, you know, I can I can usually guess what I'm going to like more than others, but you know, it, it's hard for me to go in there and find a stinker. I mean, even like this, it just so happens is pairing very very well with the coffee. So even if I didn't like the flavor, it's it, th- there's something going on for me that I can find redeemable on. Well, and but um and is in the the new Crown Heads releases. You're probably 98% going to like those cigars. Right. You know, when Crown Heads releases a new cigar, speaking of which, um, as they will be releasing. So this is funny. This is the Headley Grange Black Lab. I saw this LE today. I cannot. Wa- I don't know that I'll be able to get my hands on this, but I'm going to try. I thought this was the Black Label, so I had to really get deep in the article to find out that it is the Black Lab space LE. Yeah. Because so I said, oh, Headley Grange Black Label. And oh, that's. I'll, I mean, because until you just said it, I didn't realize that I had read that wrong. Yeah, this is a this is a box press cigar, um, but there's only fifteen hundred boxes of twelve cigars. Not sure. It's a six by fifty two box press Toro. It uses the Headley Grange filler blend and Nicaraguan binders, and it's a Connecticut Habano wrapper. It it's it sounds closer to the regular Headley Grange than it does the Headley Grange Maduro, and so which I was not a huge fan of um so we'll see the headley grange is not my favorite cigar of their line well once again crown heads has done what they're good at here who'd they collaborate with uh, <laughs> yeah actually not a not a collaboration on this one this is ten dollars and 95 cents for yeah. a cigar that's only had 1500 boxes made ten dollars and 95 cents they're doing something right there yeah, that's, that's really taking care of your customers. I feel like when a cigar company does that, that they're taking care of their customers. They're like, you know, we created this special edition. They could probably get 15 bucks for that cigar yeah. just on that, you uh-huh. know, based on that fact. But they've, they're keeping the price down. Right. Which, you know, and I think they've found that that's pretty much their wheelhouse. This is a strange cigar flavor. Yeah. It's tangy. Now I'm getting... Um, it's earth, but it's dry earth. So Not dust, but it you know how dust, to dust smells. Yeah. Not how dust tastes, but how dust smells. Yeah. This is kind of is there's some something going on in this cigar. That's interesting. It's it's got a lot of profile for. See, I'm not getting a whole lot. You know, the more I smoke of this, the more I realize I'm just tasting smoke. Like I'm not getting a whole lot of complexity out of this. But you, not that you expect that out of a candela. You know, a candela is not going to bring a lot of complexity and nuance to it. So, yeah, candela. I mean, by definition, it has not had the age to actually become the cigar. You know, the cigar of your dreams. But sitting over top of the Cro Magnon blend, I, I thought I would get a little bit more. But it definitely. I mean, I am I am tasting the difference in having this wrapper versus the one that comes on the regular Cro Magnon. Yeah, it'd be you, you'd be interesting to smoke them back to back and actually determine. Yeah, it, it well, really would. I th- I th- I wonder if it might be worth doing it the other way around though. It's smoking a Cro Magnon and then following it up with this. I wonder if changing from bold to light. 
Well, that's the, the question as old as time. When smoking two cigars, do you smoke bold or light first? Right. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, I think it was. Right. And I think we're polar opposite because I always smoke light to bold. Yeah. And and I, I think it depends on both cigars. There are some cigars that I think are very good that play second fiddle very, very well. Um, some of those are stronger. Some of those are lighter. And it really depends on what... You know, so I go back and forth, but I do think stronger first most of the time. Well, so also this week, quick legislative thing, just because it's good news. Um, Congressman Bill Posey, Florida congressman, he sent a letter to the Secretary of Health and Human Services urging the FDA to take swift action to alleviate uncertainty among cigar industry members. So... Basically, November 13th, he expressed his concern about FDA's October decision to reclassify rulemaking of hand lo- handmade cigars to long-term status. Okay, so... So basically, piss or get off the pot is what he's saying. Yeah, basically, the FDA said, oh, yeah, you've got a great case. We're, we don't want to address that right now. Uh, we'll wait a couple of years, and then we'll come back and address that. Yeah. We'll make this a low priority. How can the crushing of an industry become a low priority to anybody in in business? Because, in because the they don't see it that way. They don't realize what they're doing. They don't realize that they have created such an upset in an entire industry that employs thousands of people globally you, that they don't see the fact that there may be even a million people globally employed in the cigar industry. They don't they don't see it as disrupting and killing. They see it as protecting children. Right. When children, and regardless of the facts. Right. The facts being children aren't smoking cigars. And they don't realize that even without taking action, just the very thought, the the very notion that they may take action at some point has already caused a huge rift in the industry and a change of behavior, not only for consumers, but also for shop owners, uh, manufacturers, everyone across the board. Oh, yeah. And they're just completely oblivious to that. So, yeah, oh, low priority because what do we care? Well, it's, it's also it's a delay tactic. Yeah. And I, I, pray, I praise Posey for sending this and saying, hey, we don't want to have a delay tactic, make a ruling, mm. come out. You know, there's been tons of information given to the FDA. It's not your job in the first place, but if you're going to assert yourself that it is, then do your job. Right. Then do it in a timely fashion. Right. You know, now, Posey, he did support the FDA's proposal to ban flavored cigars. And again, we've talked about it before. If it wasn't a stepping stone to right. banning good cigars, I would be all for chucking flavored cigars. Yeah, absolutely. I would. If tomorrow they said, hey, we'll give you the premium cigar exemption, we just want flavored cigars gone. There ain't a cigar maker in the country that wouldn't sign off on right. that. They would sign off so quick they'd be breaking the heads off of ballpoint pens. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you know that's that's the that's the legislative news, but I do um, I do praise Florida Congressman Bill Posey for actually stepping in and saying, "Hey, fellas, let's pick up the pace." Yeah, and all that means a lot. So you spoke about it briefly earlier, and we're talking about the bloom falling off the rose, and all. When we come back from the break. I want to talk about cigars that started out really great for you, but as you've as the 
time has gone on, you've kind of found yourself drifting away from them? So do you mean in terms of, like, like one cigar that, like, started out good? Or, like you were talking about the Romeo 505 Nicaragua. Okay. So over, both- over repeated smokings, not one cigar that changed and you did, but over multiple smokings right. time. Okay. Right. What, Which you, you know, kind of said that, but. Some cigars are timeless. We'll mm-hmm. talk about cigars that are timeless, that, every, that no matter where you are, when you find one of these cigars, you can smoke it and know you're going to get the full benefit. And then cigars that started out really strong and kind of died off for us. I yeah. want to discuss that a little when we get back. Yeah, because there's a lot that goes into that. So we can talk about that and more after this. Trey here with this week's Cigar Under 8. I uh, want to talk about uh, a general cigar. We, we often talk about how good they are in this budget market. And uh, the CAO Pilon is one that I've smoked a bunch of. I don't know about you. Yeah, I've had several of them. The, one of the unique things about the Pilon to be a Cigar Under 8 is it's actually fermented in a circular Pilon as opposed to bundles. A bundle of tobacco is called a Pilon. Mm-hmm. And it, these are actually circular bundles, which gives it a little different flavor. That's a little more traditional method. And it's it's unusual to see one of these differently fermented cigars come in under eight. Yeah, and despite having a little bit lighter color on the wrapper, it is a medium to full-bodied cigar. It's got an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper uh, with Nicaraguan binder and filler. So there's a lot of great flavor for such an inexpensive cigar. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. One of your hosts, Shane, sitting here across the desk from Trey. Welcome back, everybody. So, um, the Suave is just something. I don't know <laughs> what. I don't know that I would pick it up on a regular basis because right now my palate is confused. Uh-huh. And I purposely didn't smoke anything. I got here a little early today and did some show prep. I knew you would have a little bit of traffic this afternoon. So I wanted to be sure I had plenty of show prep taken care of. Yeah. But I purposely didn't light a cigar because I said, I want to go into that Suave on a clean palate. Which is funny because I'm actually smoking on a clean palate tonight, too. And I've got to say, the the more I smoke down on this, the less I like it. Just it's not. It's just not. I mean, it's it's not it's not a bad cigar by any stretch of the imagination. It's not what I like in a cigar. Right. You know, I like the flavors that coat my tongue. I like the, the flavors that poke their head up here and there. This is just a, it's a one-note chord. You know, it's, uh, it's just not, maybe, maybe when I get a little over the halfway mark, I mean, it's burning really slow. I've got to say, construction-wise, could not be improved. I right. mean, there's no way you could improve upon the construction of this cigar. I love the way it's burning slow and even and cool. But, yeah, I'm just, flavor-wise, it's not there for me. Romacraft's engineering is just top of the line. Oh, yeah. They're, it, they're you'd think it was German. Yeah. Yeah, their construction, their engineering, always going to be perfect. Um, but... That cigar, I haven't had one, I guess it's been about a year and a half since I've actually had one of the Candelas. Where this shines is on the Retro Hell. Oh. That's, 
that's where I had to go to get it. But there is some with a, on the retro hill. It, it's <laughs> it's it's not for <laughs> it's not for the uninitiated, Shane. <laughs> Don't play with something if you haven't practiced with it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> your eyes are all glassy now. But um, yeah, I, it gives it gives me a little more of what I'm looking for on that. So maybe maybe that's how I enjoy more of the rest of this. That, that's kind of the equivalent of when I just bring up a topic that you have nothing <laughs> about. You, you said, "Oh, it, it shines on the retro hell." I said, "I wonder what this is like on the retro <laughs> hell." Blow it out of my nose and my ears, my eardrums fall out. <laughs> Um, it, it did come alive a little bit more for me on the retro hail. And I, I will admit, I have got to where I retro hail more than I ever have. Mm-hmm. I used to would never have a retro hail. And now I've got to where I'll do a retro hail. I don't want to do it real often, but I'll do it yeah. ever so often, especially when I'm trying to get the full measure of a cigar. Right. And it definitely is not something I'm going to do on every draw, but it def- but it, it, it woke my palate up a little bit and kind of gave me something new to kind of to stay interested through the rest of the cigar because I've still got more than halfway to go. So, coming back, let's talk about when the bloom falls off the rose. Okay. Um, you know, a cigar, it's funny because this actually happened to me of a cigar that I looked forward to forever was the Undercrown Sun Grown. Mm. I looked you forward to You haven't talked about that in a while. You were heavy on it when it first came out. I was, and it's just kind of, I've gone back to the shade. The shade is just the superior smoke. And when they're sitting there in the humidor side by side, and they're both, I just, I tend to reach for the shade. I don't know yeah. what happened, but at some point the sun grown never latched onto me like the shade did. You know, and I wonder how much of that is, is palette changing and and like you said the bloom falling off man i could really hear you drawing that through the mic oh sorry <laughs> no it's fine it was it was kind of nice um it's a it's a full oral experience so we i wonder how much of that is that your palate changes or and how much of that is burnout i feel like there's a difference between getting burnout on a cigar and having the bloom fall off the rose uh, falling out of love with it falling out of favor um, because the, the Tennessee Waltz and the Yellow Rose of Texas, for example, I'm burnt out on those right now. I still love that cigar, both of those cigars. But I'm just not grabbing them with the frequency that I once did because I see it and I go, yeah, I'm just not feeling it right tonight. It's still, it, I still enjoy it when I do smoke it for the most part. But then you have cigars like the 505 Nicaragua or um, the San Cristobal Revelation. Right, it's a cigar that I really like, you know. Uh, but I walk by it in the humidor all the time. I go, you know, I just, I just don't want to smoke that cigar tonight. You know, um, P- Perdomo is bad for me to walk by their cigars and say, you know, if I was trapped in the desert, I wouldn't mind having one. But when there's so much other inventory in the humidor, but did you ever love Perdomo? No. See, I think the difference is, you know, the the. When you talk about the bloom falling off the rose, I think I think really to fall within that category, at least to me, you have to start kind of in love with that cigar. And the San Cristobal Revelation was that for me. You know, the uh, oh, the Don Pepin Blue Label. Most of that is because I can't find it in the size that I like. Right. But but it's but that's one of those things. A, a truly great, phenomenal cigar, even if they don't have the size I want. Usually, if, if it's a good enough cigar, I go, okay, I'll just go to the Robusto or go to the uh, Churchill or whatever. 
That's one of those cigars that I really love. But unless it's the Toro, I can't be bothered. Well, the Dom Pepin Blue Label and the Cuban Classic, the Gold, both of those I'll smoke anytime. Mm-hmm. Both of those are cigars that I have no trouble choosing them. When I'm in the mood for a cigar in that price range with that time period to smoke, if I'm, you know, if I'm running an errand and I'm coming back from somewhere in Nashville and I stop here and say, I'm going to stop here and have a quick cigar, yeah. that's going to be the cigar I grab. Yeah. Because it's, it's going to hit right every time. There's no mystery. There's no surprise. It's just going to be good. It's kind of like a, you know, Punch Diablo this year did that to me. When the Punch Diablo first came out, I was singing its praises, and the last one I smoked, not that amazing. Well, the last one I saw you smoke was at the poker table. Do you think that had anything to do with it? No, it was after we recorded last week. Never mind. Yeah, it was a week or two ago after we recorded. Okay, I was, I was thinking it was the night we played poker together. Yeah, I was at the poker table last week after we recorded. I won, did that's I tell what you that? I, Yeah, you did tell me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's what it was then. But, you know, now the DNA, timeless. Timeless, completely. I still love it as much now as when I had my first one. The only reason I don't reach for a DNA more often is because it is a longer smoke. Yeah. It is going to take a little more time than that Cuban classic or that blue label. I had one that lasted me two days earlier in the week. I you pick- might order puff more often. <laughs> uh, well, what happened was I, I, I grabbed a cigar after work, and this was Monday night, I think. And uh, so I, I, I grabbed one after work, and I started to smoke it on the way home, and I had a couple of errands to bounce around and, and do. And I didn't get it finished on the way home, so I just left it in my car, which, with it being as cold out, as it is, you know, I really try not to do that. Right, because it, it's going to be dry. It is, but it was also going to be too, especially you leave a, a half-smoked cigar out, it's going to be dry when you get back to it anyway. Right. And I've always said, you know, about relighting a cigar is the key is to, to get back to it before it turns cold. Well, this set in sub-zero temperatures in my car overnight. So I lit it up Tuesday morning on the way to work because I have a little bit longer commute these days. And it was still just as good the next morning as it was the day before. Did, did you lay it on the defroster and let it warm up I a little? Sh- I should have. Roll it over? No, it was still in my little perch that I shared with the listeners a few months ago. Uh, I, I'm still in love with that. It's just genius having that little spot. I think the, I, I think I'll know I've made it when I buy a car with a custom interior that has a cigar rest in it. Then, you'll, then you will have arrived. I will have arrived. Then you can be like me when you grow up. That's right. I have a and kit all. in the car, a travel <laughs> kit, a kit in each car, right? one behind my ear, just <laughs> ready for all occasions. Just in case of emergencies. <laughs> so let's speak briefly about New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. You know, I was listening to the show this week, or listening to episode 52, where we talked about New Year's resolutions last year. Going back into the Wayback Machine. Yes. So my resolution for last year was to not let idiots affect my quality of life. Right. How have you done? I've done good, but I am I'm not sure that was a good choice for me. Explain. I found myself caring less about people of lesser intelligence. Mm-hmm. I found that the easiest way not to let idiots affect me is just to brush them off. Yeah. And I don't know that that's necessarily good for my soul. It's a callous approach. Or you know, at least it can be. 
you know, um, I think there's a lot to be said for suffering fools gladly. You know, people talk about, you know, su- you know, he doesn't suffer fools well. Who does? Who suffers fools gladly? You know, but there's, there's something good for your character in challenging yourself occasionally. You know, by virtue of the fact that you work with the public and I work in an office of 200 people, we are going to have to suffer fools through the course of everyday life. You learn a lot from that. Well, it has given me a freedom to sort of say stuff that I wouldn't have said before that I do think benefits not only me. You know, I pulled into, I was going deer hunting last Friday morning. It was 4 a.m. I pulled into a gas station in um, Lawrenceburg to grab a biscuit for breakfast. And this woman behind the counter was, well, and he's got my baby and he's in Texas and he better bring it or I'm going to go there. And and I finally said, hey, before you go to Texas or jail, will you fix me a bologna egg and cheese biscuit? (laughs) (laughs) Now, last year, I probably wouldn't have said that. No. But she had pushed me to that limit. I had heard enough about her life at 430 in the morning. I had deer to kill for crying out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Because what happens when you make the decision to stop, you know, letting idiots control your your well-being or whatever quality of life quality of life you become an uh, a turd (laughs) you almost slipped yeah i almost did you 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 become a little bit of a jerk and and you know that kind of goes back to you know i've talked on the show before about how i made a conscious decision about eight years ago that i was going to stop being a jerk i was going to be a happier person and i've worked very hard um i've i've fallen down on that this year which is going back to New Year's resolutions is something that I, I want to improve on and work harder at next year. Um, but, you know, yeah, you, ha- you have to worry about, you know, being that jerk. Just because something is funny to you and comes in your mind doesn't mean you have to act on it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the art of being married for a, long, <laughs> for a large percentage of you, it. You know, but along those lines, like you mentioned, not letting other people influence your quality of life is something that is on my list this coming year. You know, I've, especially I've had some things, you know, from a personal life standpoint that have been going on lately, and I'm just, I've always been the guy that worries about other people, other people's feelings, other people's opinions. And, you know, there's a, there's a saying in the recovery program that I'm a part of, of, of keeping your side of the road clean. And this year, I really want to do a much better job of, of keeping my side of the road clean and not, ha- not feeling that need to settle other people's hash, not feeling the need to make other people see my point of view of to just live and let live. So this is interesting because I'm, I don't just make a New Year's resolution. I begin construction on my New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution is currently under construction. I took the first steps last night. I, con- I consulted with a lawyer. <laughs> Jay, is it legally binding? <laughs> well, Jay was in here, and he and I sat down and we did a consult. My New Year's resolution for this year is going to be to embrace the suck. <laughs> I spend too much time and energy in my life. So I'll tell you where this comes from, where this this ideal, the genesis of this ideal of embracing the suck began. But I do spend a tremendous amount of time in my life trying to take it from good to great. Uh-huh. Um, going from bad to good 
get you a lot of reward, a lot of return. But mm-hmm. going from good to great, you're putting in the same amount of energy, but you're not necessarily getting the same amount of reward back. I, can you give me a, a an perfect example. example? Walking the dog. Okay. And I'll um, right now this morning when Ace and I walked our three miles, it was 15 degrees. Yeesh. But I embraced the suck. I put on my clothes and I said, okay. I've got enough clothes on that I'm not going to freeze to death. I'm not going to die of hypothermia. It's going to be cold, and I'm just going to embrace the cold and tote this dog sickle around the neighborhood (laughs) for three miles. I got to get Ace a coat, by the way. (laughs) If you're cold, they're cold. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's cold. When we get home, he lays in my lap, tries to warm up a little. I've noticed that with Oscar in the mornings here lately as well. Is he, we get to the back door and he's and you know we've got a storm door and a normal door, and it takes a minute to get through that. And he's just like, "Come on, I'm freezing. Get me inside." Yeah, but I think that I will be a better human if I take and spend less energy. Trying to just go from good to great. You know, I was sitting here having a cigar of a young man the other day, and he was telling me about his life, and I looked him right in the eye and said, if I could have the amount of energy you waste in a week on pointless endeavors, I could build the Taj Mahal in my backyard. Yeah. And that was kind of the genesis of it is, okay, I've now assessed how much energy he's wasting. How much energy am I wasting? Yeah. How much of my life, how much time is could be better put to use... Just and good be good enough. You know, we spoke of the concept of enough. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny. That's a fr- the embrace the suck is a phrase that I really enjoy. I really like that phrase because when you, it comes to endurance sports, that's it's a mantra of a lot of people, and in fact, myself included. You know, it's fifteen degrees outside, and you've got a five mile run. It's not going to get done unless you do it. You know, just embrace the suck. And, and get out there and get on with it because the reward is there. Yeah, and, you know, the secret to, I know this is not cigar-related, but the secret to a long run, a long walk in the winter is for the first quarter mile, you should be cold. Because Dress it, for the last mile, not the first. Right, because if you're not cold during that first mile, by the last mile, you're going to be soaking wet in danger of hypothermia. And you're, well, and not only that, but you're going to be slower. You know, if I know your morning walks are more for Ace than they are for you, but for me, it's it's about a it's about a workout. It's about making some gains in some particular area. If I don't start out cold, I'm not going to work hard enough to get my heart rate up to where it needs to be to be an effective workout. So I need to be cold. I need to be motivated to get my heart rate where it needs to be. And, and also because I don't want to get so warm that by the end of it, I'm going slow enough to just be comfortable. And then, and then I, it's just junk miles. Well, so I'm, I'm currently seeking input from people I trust about embracing the suck, about what's too much. And um, I think the biggest hurdle I'm going to have with this is embra- having people around me that are not committed to it to embrace the suck. You know, I've said before, my comfortable temperature range is anywhere between 60 and 85 degrees. Yeah. My wife's comfortable temperature range is between 69.2 and 69.3. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's frustrating sometimes because she's, you know, she's got a dilly. Thankfully, Clyde has dual control. That's that's improved the quality of our marriage. I had to add five years to our marriage. <laughs> Just dual dual temperature controls in the car. But um, I don't. I've got to be sure that as I endeavor to make myself tougher to find better outlets for energy, that I don't drag those around me down. Right. And because if you don't want to embrace the suck, you shouldn't be forced to. No, absolutely. And that and that kind of comes back to you know, I, I feel like one's New Year's resolutions or or just endeavors to improve oneself must not affect others. Yes, you need to be working on you, not just, you know. Right. Um, men's fraternity. When men come to men's fraternity, it's a great class. I've talked about it on the show before. Um. The guys that come to men's fraternity that I know are going to succeed are the ones that come to men's fraternity and say, what can I do to change? Yeah. The ones that come and watch the video and say, well, she needs to come watch this video. They're never going to make it. I, Without getting too much into the weeds, I had a very difficult conversation with someone last night uh, about some behaviors and some things that just things that aren't working. And uh, it, it affected our relationship, uh, our relationships with others. Like it was, a, it was a really tough conversation. It wasn't our executive producer, by the way. And uh, how did Oscar handle it? <laughs> you ain't getting this treat till you stop that screen door. <laughs> you know, but but one of the things that came out of that conversation was at no point did this other person take a half a second to reflect on what they had done to lead to this conversation. It was all about how I was wrong for bringing it up and how it was everyone else's fault but theirs. And and I just, I, I can't wrap my head around that way of leading. And we are going so far into the weeds, we probably need to talk about something cigars before I get on my soapbox. But, you know, but I, I do think if you endeavor to leave, to, to lead a meaningful life, you must take stock of, of your involvement in your surroundings and not just be a passenger. Self-awareness. Is, is something that is rarely taught but can be as long as the person seeking that is, uh, is honest in their endeavor. Yeah, self-awareness is one of the most valuable personality traits that you can cultivate every day in yourself. Mm-hmm. So and I'm, also, I'm curious, just real quick before we move on, uh-huh. since you listened to the episode recently and I haven't, what was my resolution that I set on air for last year. You said you don't make resolutions. Okay. I feel like I've improved your life because now you're fixing to make a resolution. (laughs) I feel like I've had a positive impact on Trey's life. Uh, I had a feeling that was my answer, but I couldn't remember for certain. And uh, so that's why we record things. So now I do want to come back to cigars and I want to do a little inside business talk here. Okay. Have you prepped me for this? I don't think you have. Not at all. Okay. Not even remotely. That may be my resolution 10 years from now is to not spring topics out of nowhere on train. No, I, I, I veto that one. Do I get veto power? <laughs> you I ve- can have veto power. I veto that one because um, <laughs> I like this too much. So last year at the beginning of 2018, we said, let's make this the year that we make money on the cigar cast. Yes. That we turn a profit. Or at least break even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't happen, but... I learned so much in the pursuit of that. I think that resolution was well worth it. Mm -hmm. I think the resolution of um, finding out what it actually takes to take this from 
a super enjoyable, stress-relieving hobby to something that brings in just a passive income. Right. I, this is never going to be my main income. No. And all, but something that brings in a passive income, finding out the nuts and bolts of that, researching other podcasts and seeing what they had to do, talking to other people that have actually made money on podcasts, yeah. and seeing that, I think that at the heart of a resolution... If it gives you the question, sometimes that's more valuable than the answer you receive. No, I completely, you know, oh, there's, okay, now I do wish you'd prep me for this because I had, there's a saying in my head, but I can't remember it. It's something about, it's not about the answer. It's about asking the right question. Yeah. Something to that effect. Yeah. It's, it's about asking the best question coming up with what the question is before you start seeking the answers. Right. And, you know, that's that's really interesting. Um, it's something that I'm going to delve deeper into this year, kind of in my reflective cigar time. I become very philosophical while holding a cigar. And it's something I am going to delve deeper into is finding out what are the questions plaguing my life rather than what are the answers. You know, anybody could say, hey, if I won the lottery tomorrow, so many of my problems would be solved. But realistically... What are the problems you have that winning the lottery would solve? Right. You know, is that the better question? And all, because once you look at those, you may find ways without winning the lottery to solve those problems. Well, that's exactly right. You know, what I get distracted every time. The executive, <laughs> our executive producer has arrived. She's every. just got here. Um. <laughs> It, what what's really funny about that is I actually knew that this arrival was imminent and I and it still um, still caught me off guard. Anyway, um, you, you know there was an old saying I forget who said it, but uh, or not a saying, but a piece of advice I heard once about about the lottery. You know, if if the first thing you would do when you won the lottery is quit your job, then then quit your job. Like right. You know, that if clearly, you know, then find happiness. You don't have to win the lottery to get a new job. You know, find find the things that are the problems. It is 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 X going to solve Y problem and, and approach it from a problem solving as opposed to a woe is me. Well, and super, super fertile ground to really till there. And we're going to till that a couple more times as we go through the year. But we're coming about to the end of the show tonight. Um we're going to talk further about this in the future as it gets a little closer to January, but I like to begin construction on a resolution. I don't like to just issue a edict. You it's a are, resolution. You are a very introspective man, but uh, it comes out even more so towards the end of the year when you start reflecting on the year past and, and ruminating on the, on the one upcoming. Yeah, it, it does. It, it, it begins to come and, out. And I'm guilty of that as well. Well, and I also think that is somewhat linked to deer season because I do spend a lot more time with just myself and nature. Mm -hmm. And I think as I do that, and by the way, for the record, both deer I have killed so far this year, I had a cigar in my mouth when I shot them. <laughs> so cover, cover scent. That's proof of a life well lit. <laughs> that is. That's cover scent at its finest. Right. And all. But. We're going to step away for this week. When we come back next week, I want to talk about the preliminary work on the Cigar Cast Awards for the year. Mm -hmm. um, and I also want to talk about festivals. I'm, I think one of the things that I'm going to do in 2019 
is attend a couple of more cigar festivals. And I want to talk about that and get your input on how to choose the proper one. All right. I like the sound of that. Well, um, how can they get a hold of us? Yeah. Um, if uh, you've got topics for things you want to, or categories you want to see in this year's uh, Stogie Awards. Uh, isn't that what we called them last year? The Stogies? Yeah, the Stogies. If you've got uh, categories you want to hear, drop us a line, info at thecigarcast.com. Um, also, topics for future shows, info at thecigarcast.com, facebook.com slash thecigarcast, and at thecigarcast on, fa- on Instagram and Twitter. So lastly, pronounce judgment. Uh, it'll be a while before I have another one, but uh, I won't. It's just, it's still not getting me where, it need, where I need to be. It's not what I look for in a cigar. It's it's a good cigar. It's it's not what cigars are for me though. Um, and that is the Cro Magnum Fomorian. Yes, the Cro Magnum Fomorian uh, Candela. So the LFD Suave is going to enter a very elite category in my cigar smoking life. When I go to cigar shops, I'm going to start hitting around the country. I'm going to start hitting up their LFD section just to see if they have the Suave. Because it's definitely worth smoking again. But I think the pursuit of this cigar is, is going to actually, be more fun than the... Yeah, it's actually going to be a lot of fun. I yeah. think the pursuit of getting a couple of more of these, because it's, it's got good to me. That dusty taste left. Um, the flavor is rich. It's earthy. It is what I wish LFD would start going back toward. Very I wish cool. they'd get away from the strength and start going back toward this Suave-type cigar. Well, very interesting. But thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.